The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Life as a Life Schooler, where we talk about how to merge life with homeschooling. I'm Danielle Papagiorgio, and today we are talking to my friend Lorena Harris. Lorena is married to her husband, Cornelis, and they have two children that they have homeschooled for 18 years. Originally from Queens, New York, Lorena Harris has had the pleasure of being raised seeing great art in the museums and galleries of New York City. Lorena started and completed her baseline year at the University of Hartford Art School, but ended up studying and graduated from the Amsterdam School of the Arts with a degree in fine arts, teaching art, and art history at the highest level in the Netherlands. She has had the honor of participating in numerous solo and group exhibitions, both in Europe and in the United States. Lorena now owns and operates a small art studio in Maryland where she works, holds visual art parties, teaches art classes and private lessons, in addition to life schooling her two amazing children. Welcome, Lorena. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You have such a neat background, too, with all of the art stuff that you've done. And as you know, I'm an artist, so I thought it was really cool to read through your bio and see where you've been and all the things that you've done. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just really neat. So I have to ask you, um, have you done, do you do art with your children? Because that's like my, like I said, I'm, you know, I have an art degree also, and it seems like I never get around to practicing it and to actually doing art with my kids. But I imagine since you have the art studio and it's kind of really a big part of your life that you're doing a lot of um, artwork with your kids. Am I right? You are right. Well, I'll tell you, it, it, it would be difficult if I didn't have the studio. I was... I forced my children in a kind sort of way <laughs> to, <laughs> do to do classes <laughs> um, with my classes. So from the time they were little bitties, I guess uh, maybe six, um, I, I, yeah, no, even younger. So um, probably about three. My daughter was three and my son was about seven when we started actually doing art for other kids. And so they would always join in. At this point in time, my daughter, who's 14, can actually give classes with me. Oh, fun. <laughs> she answers all the questions. <laughs> and my son, both of them have had art lessons um, intensive in the summers because I would have camps or once or twice a summer, and uh -huh. they both did the entire camp. So they would do both morning and afternoon uh, parts of it and so they have quite a portfolio wow from when they were younger <laughs> that's really cool and you know I really love that because one of the things about life schooling um, is is within the part of the definition is within the context of your family's unique situations and missions and sure. clearly art is a gift that God has given you and I love that you you still nurture that and you still use that gift and you bring your children into that. And that's so, um, just such a wonderful thing for them to experience something that you enjoy and, and to be more well-rounded, I guess you'd say, uh, just learning about yeah. artwork with you alongside their mommy. <laughs> Absolutely. 
And and one of the things that I've always wanted is to have my kids exposed to all of the arts. So uh-huh. um, I spent about ten years on the board of um, our, our our local arts alliance, uh, arts alliance. Uh-huh. and my children both uh, got to see all of the arts in action. So whether it was music performances, theater performances, and also I got them involved in all those things as well. So not just art. Yeah, (laughs) that's really neat. Well, I think it's so important to expose our children to a lot of different areas, a lot of different uh, things that are out there, because that's how you really discover and how they discover, I should say, what their true passions are and what God has kind of put into them. So is that something that you've you've sort of seen with exposing them to so much in the world of the arts? Have you seen some of that, um, you know, some of those things click with them and kind of take off in those areas? Absolutely. Um, in my mind, I thought they should have dance simply because that would make it easier for them to do all the other movement type things in their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, they both... My son loves soccer. My daughter as well, but not as much. Um, so he sp- he played a lot of soccer, but because of the dance, he played really well yeah. and with great finesse. And my daughter, she she loves soccer, but she was more skipping over the ball. But she she did great. <laughs> That's funny. Well, when you're pirouetting <laughs> over the ball. When so you were fun. saying that, that's what I was picturing your son, like kind of dancing across the field with the ball. Yeah, that's yeah. so funny. But it's really neat because I think there. sometimes we get into this mindset with education because it's what we grew up with. We grew up in the school model, so we think that everything has to be in these neat little boxes that you have math here and science here and PE. And what does PE look like? Well, you know, we have this set idea But there are so many activities and things that we can get our children involved in that don't necessarily look the way that that we would have done it in school. So I think it's really neat to get them involved in things like dance and and things that are a little more, um, I don't know, applicable to real life. Because, you know, when you grow up and you get married, you may want to go dancing with your husband or wife. Yeah, there you go. I have to know not how to not step on their feet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, nice. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, that's really neat. So tell us a little bit more about your homeschooling journey because you've been doing it all along. So what? Sure. Um, that's not always as common. Uh, I guess it's getting more common these days. But what sort of led you down that path, and, and what did that look like for your family? Well, I was in the Netherlands, and I met a family, an expatriate family from the United States. They were over there, and I met their children, who were at the time probably maybe 8 and 10 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could not believe how coherent and how smart they were with just, they just were so fluid with talking to each other or my children or, you know, at the time I actually didn't have any children, but um, with little kids that were in the area and then with adults, they, they were so uh, well-rounded in their conversation and I was so ex- impressed. I said, wow, what is it that your kids have? So they were and socialized, Lorena. Were they socialized? What? Oh my, <laughs> definitely. I loved it. So I asked my friend, That's I was great. like, you know, 
why are your kids so amazing? I mean, you guys are amazing. Clearly, you know, you pass that down. But she goes, oh, well, we spent a lot of time, you know, homeschooling on and off. And, you know, at the time they were in Dutch schools. So, you know, they were, mm-hmm. they had both languages um, pretty well down pat because they, they, they were living there for quite some time already. So I just was so impressed. I said, hey, I want to know more about this stuff. So she gave me a bunch of books to look up, and uh, I learned from John Holt and talked about how children learn when they're playing, and, and there was all these things that, and uh, it's another guy, John Taylor Gatto, I think oh, it was, yeah. school system, and it just answered a lot of questions that I had growing up, because I, I hated school. I, I did not love school mm-hmm. until I went to my first year of university. <laughs> so <laughs> It's a long so, time to wait to love school. <laughs> it was kind of a long time. But yeah. I loved learning, that mm-hmm. I loved. My mom and dad, um, you know, they taught us to read, especially my mom, actually. She taught us to read before we ever went to kindergarten. So we were <laughs> spoiled the first <laughs> day of kindergarten. I was so excited about school. And then they were not even, they didn't even know their letters and their numbers. And their, I was so crushed. I was mm. like, ah, I thought I was going to learn something. So I came home crying. <laughs> Except for the milk. I like the milk and cookies. They, they were great. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So you just, you knew right away then that that's what you wanted for your children was that that whole lifestyle of learning through life, basically, of life schooling and, and that sort of thing. I think it's... Yes, just looking at the, the environment and, and picking up on what cues interest them and then and then honing in on those things, that was a lot of fun for me. As soon as I had my first one, it was like, game on. <laughs> Actually, I think I, I was the one that was, you know, reading in while they were in the belly and having music <laughs> on. Yeah, it was weird like that. That's great. I love it. That's so neat. Well, I think sometimes it's easier. I guess we artists, we kind of think outside the box to begin with. So sure, it's sure. something easier to embrace um, something that's not, the norm and and doing things like this but I know that you are part of Ray Perry's educating for success group and that you do um, a lot with your kids with that so tell us a little bit about the entrepreneurial aspect because that's what she focuses on with homeschooling is really teaching our kids how to be entrepreneurs uh, because you know, there's just so there's so much opportunity, especially today, in the realm of entrepreneurship. But tell us a little bit about how that has affected your family, and what your kids are doing with that. Absolutely. Um, when we met Ray Perry about three years ago, um, I was desperate as a mom who wanted to see my my vision or mission for my children was why so by the time that they were eighteen that they'd be able to um, have a have a income Mm -hmm. so that they could take care of themselves if they wanted to and if they decided they wanted to go to school that they could do that but I didn't really have a way in my mind to do that because as an artist I didn't really study business very much Uh, we we had addendums in our school but not nearly as vigorous I think as artists should have they should know everything about marketing everything about business everything about you know Mm -hmm. those things so that when when it comes time to make their business actually work they have those tools or at least the tools 
to know if somebody is doing it right or not for them. So for my kids, I wanted them to be able to understand business and how to create their own incomes and to have multiple streams of income. So meeting Ray Perry was a life, um, was really a lifesaver for us as a family. And both of my kids have always been in a way entrepreneurial, but now they have a lot more focus and they're getting even more focused each, each year with their um, understanding of what, they want to do with their selves and how they don't want to necessarily swap hours for dollars and and mm-hmm. instead they're going to try to they're they're learning how to create uh, streams of income that make a lot more sense um, so that they can still do the things they love while money is coming in without them actually being there. Right, exactly. It's a really neat age that we live in because there's so much opportunity for that that idea of of the multiple streams and of setting things up so that it's just running and earning you income on a regular basis. But yeah, I really think that homeschooling also just naturally lends itself to entrepreneurship and and teaching our children um, how to be leaders, you know, because that's really what an entrepreneur has to be is a leader and someone who takes ideas and runs with them and sadly the school system doesn't really teach our children how to be leaders and in fact if anybody has um, that's listening has studied the history of schools and of how we have things set up today it really was to train employees to train good workers who could go and follow directions and stand on an assembly line and do work and you know just really to take orders and we want our children as Christians, we want our children to be the leaders. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong necessarily with taking a job and, and being in that position where you're, so, um, uh, you know, when you, in that employee position. But at the same time, I think we need to be teaching our children how to be leaders and how to, how to understand business because even if they are an employee someday, they can be the kind of employee that thinks and <laughs> offers suggestions, Correct. you know, and, and really gives some, some advice. And that's how you rise up in a company, too, is by being innovative and creative and, and um, yet able to be under someone else's leadership. Sure. I think, um, was it Dave Ramsey talks about in employeepreneurs, you know, people who they, their boss doesn't have to worry about them. If anything, they're taking a lot off of their shoulders. And so they always get these uh, promotions. Why? Because they have a mind of their own and they can think of how am I going to make this place better because I'm here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so important to teach our children how to be independent thinkers and independent learners. I think one of the things that really bothers me, and I'm sure it bothers you as well, is just seeing how much homeschooling has changed into more of the school at home approach. Uh And of course, we've always struggled with that. You know, we're human beings. So since the beginning of the modern homeschooling movement, we've always, there has always been those pockets of people that want to grab on and latch on to the step one, step two, here's your box curriculum, follow this and your kids will be educated and it'll be all good. But yes, yes, yeah, you're so right. People are going for easy rather than 
the best. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it takes more effort. It takes more planning and thinking of our own as, as parents, homeschooling parents, to teach them to think and and to be able to be independent learners and, and work on their own. And so yes and yes and no. I mean, when you say planning and all that, I mean, if you wake up with the premise, um, I am going to make the most of this day, and we're going to learn from whatever comes our way. Mm-hmm. And you, it doesn't have to be such a burden. I think it's right, more of a burden right. to allow somebody else to dictate uh, what you're going to learn every day. <laughs> right. That's yeah. more of a burden in the end because. You don't. It's not necessarily your vision or your vision, the vision your children have, or the vision God has for them. Right. So you you're fighting more than you're not. I mean, I, I had that with my son at some point. Um, that he had such a hard time doing math. He was young and and very full of action. And, <laughs> yes, oh I have goodness, one of those. Nobody <laughs> believes it now because he's such a laid-back guy or comes across as laid-back, unless you see him on the soccer field. But in principle, he's just like, you know, totally laid-back now. But back then, he just couldn't sit still. So mm-hmm. I had to figure out a way to allow him to learn math but still be in movement. So we did a lot of you know, tram, um, before we had the trampoline, we had, we had just jumping jacks <laughs> and, and swings and steps. And, you know, those were our helpmates with uh, uh-huh. learning, learning math and, and how to incorporate it right. somehow. Right. And that's so true. And I, I, I guess for you and I, maybe it's, it's easier. I think sometimes when people don't maybe have that creativity, then coming up with those ideas feels a little bit harder. But you make a really good point because truly there is such a burden and and feeling of slavery, really, when you feel like you have to do what someone else is dictating in this book and telling you, you know, today you're going to do this and this and this. And life happens and it doesn't run as smoothly as we would hope it to. And I think sometimes... Sure too it's it's really an illusion because when you go through um particularly the boxed curriculum oftentimes it's set up more for a classroom and in a classroom you've got a teacher that has had the summer to prepare (laughs) all the lesson plans in fact if she's been teaching for many years it's already all done yeah so you know it's it's very easy to just for her to just go through what she's been doing every single year, teaching that grade, those those same age children. Mm-hmm. Whereas for us, it's every day we're learning something new right along with our kids. And yes. we're having to prepare. And, and so I really do think that you make a good point about the freedom that we have to just relax and allow the Lord to direct and trust that if you don't get to everything on that list of what the curriculum says, then it's okay because that's what God has for you for that day. Sure. Yeah. And I have this idea that most people don't realize how creative they really are. Um, if I ask them about how creative they are, they, they say, oh, I'm not creative at all. But they were created by a creator, and we were made in the creator's image. So everybody has a, a 
a measure of creativity. It's whether or not they have used it or not. Right. That it's like a muscle that's just laying dormant. It needs to be stirred up. So whenever it's stirred up, it can work better, you know, and when it's uh, exercised, it, it's stronger. So I think when people understand how to to bring out that creativity, then they'll be a lot more sure of what they're doing and their, their decisions they're making and not be worried about what everybody else thinks, because I think that's the main thing. Right. I think you're so right about that. And something that kind of goes along with that, that I tell people, because, you know, people always say, oh, I'm not an artist. I can't draw a thing. And I say, well, it's probably just because you haven't practiced, because Mm -hmm. particularly when you're when you're young and you're learning how to draw and you're you're doing art, it's just fun and and it's an enjoyable thing to do. But at some point you feel like, oh, it's it's not good enough. And. Mm -hmm. It's just like any subject. That little voice in your head says, oh, you can't do this. You're, you're not an artist or you're not a mathematician or whatever. And we believe that. And right. art's an easy thing to leave behind. You can't pretty much, you can't leave math behind. <laughs> At least not if you're in a, a traditional it's school. Hard. <laughs> right, right. Um, they're going to force you to keep learning that. But art, it's kind of like, okay, you don't want to do art. That's fine. So I really do believe that a lot of these things, it has to do with, with our desire to learn something and to to commit to it and to practice it because sure. um i mean i've seen some of these people who say they can't draw a thing there's a book that i have you might be familiar with it drawing on the right side of the brain have you heard oh of that yes one? i have that yeah yeah it's a uh, it's a really good book and there's pictures in there of um drawings from uh some of the people kind of like before and after you see these before and after photos and the before right. i mean really they can't draw and then the after they're drawing these amazing things after just going through that program so mm-hmm. yeah i think it just has a lot to do with practice and learning yeah, yeah and, and understanding, understanding that, that you know there's just, just certain ways to see that most of us don't think about and right. when you're trained or, or you're able to do that um it helps so much right it really does. Absolutely. So while we're on the subject, are, do you have any materials that you would recommend for parents? I mean, I know a lot of, as an artist myself, a lot of the materials I see out there, I'm not really super pleased with a lot of the ones that are geared towards homeschoolers. But do you have any in particular that you like that you would recommend? Sure. Um, one of the books that I use, and actually, I don't use the books at, book as much as um, one of the premises in it, and uh, it's Mona Brooks' Drawing with Children. Mm-hmm. What she does in that book is she she explains the elements of shape, and she uses, it's kind of a, it, it, it's a, it helps because it's, it's O-I-L-S, it's oils, and O is circle family, I is um, the line and dot family, and then um, the L is a capital L, and that's um, an angle family, and then the S is the curve family. Now, I use that with my students, old and young, so it doesn't matter what age they are. When you explain to people that if you can write your name, you can draw. <laughs> they 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 suddenly go. Wait, what? <laughs> you have to learn to write your name, and they have 
lines and they have circles and they have curves and they have angles in them, right? So everything you see will have those. And what I'll do is I'll have them look around them and actually see these things in light of oils. And it opens people's eyes so much more to, for them to see better. And then they're more able to to actually observe something the way they really see it, as opposed to um, what I, I say, there's a fight inside of our heads, and it's the left side and the right side, and the left side knows so much, but it really can't see very well. And the right side sees very well, but doesn't necessarily know how to put it together. And you have to marry those somehow, but the right side really should get the upper hand, and it's learning how to do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's funny. <laughs> I like that oils. Oh, my kids love that. that. Um, in my classes, they love that. I, I teach at a co-op, and they're like, "Oh, there's a fight inside my head." Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true because when you do learn how to draw and how, how to see, when you learn how to see things, um, it makes all the difference in what you're able to do artistically. Sure. And that's life as a life schooler. I hope you'll join us next time for part two of my interview with Lorena Harris.